That's nasty. That's so nasty. I still think it's gross. I am a little sad it wasn't a single purely because I would have wanted a music video. An electronic, gothic, industrial hump fest, and I'm here for it. Art flop. Viewer discretion is advised. Your fave will be criticized. That's Shan. That's Chris. Welcome to CCTV, the nonstop pop show. And today we are going track by track through Lady Gaga's album, Art Pop. Looking for an awesome global pop music podcast? Well, look no further, because Shan and I have the inside scoop with extensive experience performing on stage and working at record labels. We review and deep dive into your favorite artists' songs and careers, and also interview music industry bigwigs, including artists, producers, choreographers, and everything in between. So join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash cctvpops and become a part of our amazing crew, which includes Lisette, Lily, Emily, Kevin, and Juliet. Subscribe now and let's explore the world of pop music together. All right, today we're talking about Gaga herself. Hey. Uh, yeah. It's exciting to talk about her because we haven't on our show really. Maybe like yeah. as like a comment, but never as a full mm-hmm. episode. So it's nice mm-hmm. to get into it. Yeah. So are you a big fan of her? Um, I got into her when I was like, I don't know, I was elementary high school age. Um, I think I'm a fan. I don't know, because what what constitute as fandom for people is different. Like me, I support the music. I can't pay for anything. I'm broke as hell. But I've always liked her and I've always come to her defense. (laughs) So I think I I think I didn't get her when I was a little I was younger. I think I liked her a lot because at the time she came out, K pop was becoming a lot more um electro pop, if you will. Yeah. So a lot of the silhouettes and the sounds were essentially kind of copying her, like the whole girl crush concept came because from Ariana Grande and all the stuff like that, you know, her her seven rings and whatnot. But this was like Euro pop and you didn't really hear that in K pop. Mm. So when she came out, that was happening and I was like, Whoa, cool. I like them yeah. both. Yeah, I like nice. her. Yeah, she's a big influence on K-pop, I think. So that definitely yeah, totally. makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, I'm a big Gaga fan from the beginning, really. Like, I remember when Just Dance and Poker Face were coming out and people oh, yes. weren't really sure who she was and why she was called Lady Gaga. Yeah. Um, but I went to her show, like, very early on, kind of when those first couple singles were going Ooh. on. So, yeah, I've kind of been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually did work with her marketing team at Interscope. It was one of my first internships was during the whole Born This Way era in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of stories there, which we can get into when we do the Born This Way album, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think in general, she is just one of the best pop stars of our generation. She's so well-rounded, a beautiful mm-hmm. voice, a great yeah. performer. Um, and she really has done some of the best performances of our time. Totally. Just so many so. iconic moments yeah um, and across very different things as well she has the jazz stuff she has the pop stuff she's now acting as well so yeah it's kind of crazy how much she's done already and yeah it's definitely a legend yes indeed i agree mm-hmm. so let's get into this true pop star and her album art pop art pop is lady gaga's third studio album and was released in november 2013 following an injury and a much darker concept with the born this way album Lady Gaga decided to change up her sound and push the boundaries on her art and ended up creating an album that she calls a celebration and a poetic musical journey with intentional lack of maturity and responsibility. We love a good bit of bacchanalia. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, though the album received mixed reviews from critics and fans alike, it did actually go to number one in many countries around the world, but 
it is still considered to be less successful than most of her other albums. And a mm. lot of people refer to this whole era as art flop, which yeah. I disagree with, but we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> the iconic album artwork, which features a sculpture of Lady Gaga with a blue gazing ball, was created by Jeff Koons. And there's also parts of famous artwork in the background as well. So yeah, we're now at almost 10 years since the release. And the album has stood the test of time, definitely at least among her fans. And many have acknowledged that it's a very creative album and they're hoping for the long rumored part two as well. Mm -hmm. So yes, we will now go track by track and discuss the production, vocals and lyrics and give our ratings for each song. Play along with us. If you want to see all your ratings as well, you can comment on everything at CCTV Pops. And the first song on the album is Aura by Zed, Lady Gaga, Anton Zaslavsky, Infected Mushroom, which consists of Amit Duvindani and Erez Eisen. And it is reported that Lady Gaga wanted this song to be the first single, but the label did not agree. And she ended up leaking the song under its original title, Burke. <laughs> she mm. said that the song's concept is about how her aura represents her creativity, which she has described as insanity, which is why the song sounds very insane. <laughs> Yes, this song is brilliantly weird. Um, <laughs> it definitely has grown on me quite a lot. I remember the first time it came out when it was leaking or when it leaked. And that was, I mean, I, I think the general reaction was, what is this? Like, what mm. is going on? Mm -hmm. um, because, yeah, it's definitely insane. I think that's a good word for it. Though there's a lot of warping synths in it. And it's all just very intense and chaotic. But when you actually listen to it very closely, it actually builds really, really nicely. There's a really cool drama to it. Mm -hmm. And I love the melody of the chorus as well. I think it's great as an intro to the album, but fully agree that it should not have been a single. <laughs> oh, well, I heard this song because of the movie Machete Killed. Um, around that time, like the whole like Rob Zombie, like Death Proof, those kind of stylist, styled movies were really popular. So... This was one of those other movies that came in with Machete Kills and Machete was like attached to the Spy Kids lore. So I was like, oh, invested. Um, but yeah, I like this one because it had like this little weird sound. Um, it's not, it's, it's interesting to kind of hear it in comparison to what's happening now with music. Uh, it makes me realize how simple American pop has become. And I wouldn't say simple. I just feel like maybe more minimalist and uh, inspired by other things and not so Euro pop influence as it once was. Um, the lyrics are sad-ish, mm -hmm. um, very introspective, but the production makes it sound sounds as if she is going mad. I like I like the first lyrics about her murking her former and leaving that version of herself behind on Highway 10. It makes me think of um, a Telephone when she's mm -hmm. with the <laughs> Beyonce and they drive off in the sunset. I'm like, mm -hmm. does she murk herself on the road or does she get honeybee? I'm joking, but um, it's just it's interesting to kind of hear that. I think the live performances, like a jingle ball and the iTunes performance, mm. uh, was really interesting because she had that cage. Uh, it was a little unnerving to see, but it's really cool. Um, and yeah, shout out to her for leaking it. Um, because you know, at the end of the day, I understand what labels want to do, but like she's an artist, like a legit artist, and if she's yeah. like has a vision. She's like, f it. So shout out to at Boris is here all those years ago because <laughs> she killed it with that one. And I appreciate with the demo version that they took out the screaming and the shouting and oh, having yeah. her kind of lower her tone and singing that way because it sounds very glory and intimidating because mm -hmm. it's just like she had a plan. She was very clear and concise because people think that insanity is always yelling and screaming when sometimes it could be very, very still. So I like the whole 
you know, Silence of the Lambs approach of the, yeah. the, the melody. <laughs> yeah. I also think of the performance from the album launch in New York where she's mm. in that all-white ensemble with the face and then she's next to the statue from the album cover as well. And she's like fighting through the audience. Such a chaotic performance, but also perfect for the song as well. So it's brilliant. Um, and yeah, I think, as I mentioned, it does just set up the album really well. You know, we're going to get a little deeper with the lyrics in this one. She's going to go a bit more personal. We get the peek at the girl behind the aura. Mm -hmm. um, so I just love that as a concept. And yeah. yeah, sets it up well. So what do you rate this one? It was sitting at a 7.5, but I think I'm, I'm going to, I'll give it an A. Oh, 7.5 is fine. I think 7.5 is good. Not bad, but it's not great <laughs> considering what's okay. Okay, yeah. As a song, I'll give it a 7. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on to track two, which is Venus, which was done by Lady Gaga, Nick Monson, Sunra, Madion, DJ White Shadow, and Dino Zizis. And it samples Rocket Number no. 9 by Zombie Zombie. So the song was actually intended to be the second single from the album, but Do What You Want was chosen instead following its positive reception when it was released as a promotional single. So Lady Gaga has said that Venus is, of course, inspired by Venus, the goddess of love, and of course, the planet as well, but also just about sex in general and finding faith in different places. And she was inspired by the futuristic disco and jazz for this one. This song is really cool. I think hearing it live is interesting. Um, her art rave performances make it feel like it's like a modernized ABBA song. Like I would love to hear oh. all of them singing it together. It's just it's one of those things where it's like, it's not, okay, ABBA wouldn't sing it, dang it. But would it not sound cool hearing them sing it like with their with their movements and their um I sound crazy describing them, but I think she produced it really well. Um and the song is interesting because at face value it is giving Aphrodite hookup, right? But it could mean something else. Like, could this be love? Um, but I like that it has some type of sentimental value to Gaga. Um she has said the song is about faith and also finding faith in other places and the beyond. And my experience with love being something that took me a really long time to find. So it is about all that nastiness, but it is also about something else, too, that means something to her. Um, I think her performance with the Muppets is amazing. Um, yeah. The roll call with the, the balls, the planet. Yeah. Uh, it was giving like uh, the fashion, like underground ballroom version of the Sailor Moon roll call. But then the, the dancers dancing with the balls and the steps. And yeah, that was that was a lot. It was funny, though. Um, and I think of this song, I think of this song, I can imagine her as like a space queen or at least being someone who is going to outer space to 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 Venus. Like I can see her like reenacting Botticelli's Birth of Venus with a rocket ship fashioned mm. into a clamshell or even the Coons designed album art figure being the ship. Like, could you imagine like a sprawled Ooh. guy flying out cool. to outer space? I mean, she tried it with the drone at the art rave thing, oh, that yeah, drone dress. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not too far from the truth. Maybe she would do it. That Jesus. That was crazy looking. I'm sorry. This is probably one of the, not the best idea. Yeah, that was a fail for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, I am a little sad it wasn't mm. a single purely because I would have wanted a music video, video for right. sure. Like, can you imagine how crazy the concept would have been? Like, totally. Uh, but I do not think it would have worked as a single either. Yeah. To yeah. be fair, the rest of the songs that they did choose to be singles, they also yeah. had their own issues. But I don't oh, think true. this one was the right choice either. Yeah. Um, but I love this song. I think mm -hmm. it's so silly. It's so camp. Yeah. Um, and despite being very silly and camp, the writing is actually very clever. She uses she uses the word Venus in literally every single possible meaning and implication. Mm -hmm. Right? We're talking about mm -hmm. space. We're talking about goddesses. We're talking mm -hmm. about love. We're talking about 
female genitalia. Like it's yeah. like literally everything. So it's just really, really smart. And it, that's throughout her entire discography, how yeah. beautiful her writing is. But this yeah. is just a great example of how it's silly, but also clever at the same time. Totally. I agree. Um, and yeah, I love the ABBA idea because the harmonies in the chorus are yeah. really, really fun. It feels like a choir. Like mm -hmm. it feels like a bunch of goddesses coming together, you know, to sing. And it's it makes it ethereal and kind of dreamy, but also very space age at the same time. But then again, also internal at the same time. So it's it's really interesting um, in terms of its layers. Uh, love the call out to the different planets and gods. Uh, yeah. And again, yeah, the performances. Definitely. I agree. The one with the Muppets is definitely the best one. Mm -hmm. um, I was watching some of the other promo ones, too. And uh -huh. her whole kind of Aphrodite slash Venus outfit is yeah. so just. 70s hippie you know you get the big yeah. curly brown wig you get a very not cheap looking but just like not classy looking kind of the version of venus yeah it's the botticelli um, inspired kind of thing because the shell yeah so right, it's right, right. Lord. but it's like not the classy version like we're not talking kylie's aphrodite here where it was all very epic right yeah this was very like a bunch of hippies high and floating around I mean, roman roman's had orgies too so yeah I'm it's, with you on that it's one, just the so other way of looking at it yeah. right so i love yeah. that um, and yeah, yeah, shout out to one of our listeners, Murphy, who said her Venus is her favorite song on the album and she loves the unpredictable structure. Yeah, good choice, mm -hmm. Murph. Mm -hmm. All right. So for me, rating this song, I would give this one an eight. I'm going to give this one an eight because I did like it. I did like it. Because when I first heard it, I was like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? Yeah. <laughs> but I was here for it. Uh, the bridge yeah. definitely took me home too. So what about you? What was you I'm here rate? for it too. This one's a nine for me. <laughs> Up next, we have GUI, done by Lady Gaga and Zed. This is the third single from the album, and it did not do very well, disrespectfully. Um, it peaked at number 76 at the Billboard Hot 100. Um, GUI was an acronym for Girl Under You, and she has described the song as being about third-wave feminism, saying, we don't feel the need to be on top all the time or be in charge or take control like a man. I'm a power bottom. I like to be underneath. And the music video, which is 12 minutes long when you include the credits, also features other songs from the album, including Art Pop, Manicure, and Venus, and also has cameos from Andy Cohen, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and also references the game Minecraft and a very popular gamer at the time. Uh, mm. And Lego. There's a random, bunch of random pop culture fun things in there. So yeah, <laughs> kick us off, man. Let us know how you feel about this track that was disrespectful. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do love the production on this. I think this is Zed at his best. He's kind of known for really powerful synths. Mm. Um, and this one's just layered really, really nicely. A really great depth in it. And the chorus production, especially, is so full. It's such a satisfying song in the headphones, this one. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and the bridge. There are really good bridges in this album, but this totally. one is so effective. Mm -hmm. um, just really stands out. Super memorable. Um, and I love the continuation of the Venus planet metaphors throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Like the whole sequencing of this album is really, really smart. And oh, again, yeah. the song is written in a silly way that doesn't take itself too seriously. So I really, I, I love that. She's one of those people as, like, as an artist. I'm so glad she gets money for her budget because she deserves oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> She's like one of those people. I think she pays for it a lot on her own, actually. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, with all the money that she did make, I just... <laughs> Because she has a vision, and when you if you can do it, do it. That's my saying. Because she'll she'll definitely get it back. She's someone who would get it back, um, because she is that good. 
Um, I do enjoy the whole idea of everything being put together for GUI. Um, I remember liking the song a lot as a kid. I guess my inner self knew that I was a power. I knew I I knew it. I was like, you know, I am bossy, but <laughs> the right man changed my mind. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, jo- I'm joking. But definitely, I'd, I maybe I had taste in avant pop, pop at the time. I don't know. But like as a younger person, I remember being like, you guys don't like this song? Classmates like, no, it's not. Blah, blah, blah. It's not like Poker Face or like Just Dance. Like, what the hell is she even talking about, guy? Because at the time, she had all these rumors <clears throat> about, you know, having both genitalia and all those. I mean, she didn't care. Fans didn't care. But of course, the media and the average Joe from the Midwest and even Long Island gave a crap about what was happening down in her pants, right? So I think it's interesting that she had to UIB a song. And to refer as her man as a G-I-R-L, even though she explained what it was, um, it's still like, mm, this is bold. Um, I like the song for like the Baroque-ness of it. It's like an, an electronic, gothic, industrial hump fest, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it was interesting. And going back to what you were saying about the lyrics, I thought the, the touch me, touch me, please be, don't be sweet. And the yep. please retweet. I thought that was hilarious. Because, I mean, if you look at it, like face value is like, haha, sign of the times. But also... Like, hey, if I feel this way about you, do you, you know, is it requited? That kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So I like that. Um, but yeah, she does a good job of taking all these sounds and being very deliberate with direction that she's taking them in. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of the music video? Oh, the video is, um, again, going back to what I was saying, she deserves all the money that she gets for these videos. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting to see the whole thing put together. Uh, like the beginning with her being like the fallen ve- phoenix, excuse me. Being shot down by by men, interestingly enough, powerful men, quote unquote, powerful men. So I think it's interesting to have that because toward the end, like when she gets rebirth as her goddess self, um, she is gathering an army of lovers, essentially creating a factory of her own kind of guys. Um, and she's extracted the kindness and love from different figures like I think it was uh, Jesus, Gandhi. I think Michael Jackson was in it. At one point, mm-hmm. I saw some clips here and there. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see that. And then she and she goes to the company, takes over, injects everyone with kindness. So again, she's like in bringing this new Gaga world order, which is in this Gaga world order. So, but yeah, I think it's interesting to kind of have her reclaim that power, but do it with love, but also do it with like, a, I mean, listen, you gotta be a lover and a fighter because you gotta fight for your love. And that's what she's kind of like doing. And I appreciate that for sure. That was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's you? a beautiful short film, as mm-hmm. she calls it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just I think the beginning images of her as kind of the fallen phoenix or fallen angel or whatever. Those are so beautifully done. Um, the housewives and Andy Cohen is just so camp. It's mm-hmm. like the housewives are hilarious. They like none of them have rhythm. They don't know how to play the instruments they're holding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. Um, and yeah, I appreciate kind of this second layer of commentary on just corporate greed or human greed. Um, on top of the idea of the song, I think it just adds an interesting layer to it that I would never mm. have thought of otherwise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, another shout out to one of our listeners. So this song is Marissa's favorite, and she loves the lyrics of the song. She loves that she's singing about being submissive, but she's dominant and wants to be submissive. So that's a very different way of looking at things, and it's very unique as a song. <laughs> All right, so for this one, ooh, I will give it an 8.5. Oh, yeah. See, I might be back because I love this song very much. Um, I'm going to give this one like a 9.5 because Judas is like, like sonically, if this song was trying to do something similar to that, I could kind of like, OK, yeah, like Judas is pretty high for me. All right. In terms of like what this kind of sounds like to me. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I give us a 9.5. OK, yeah, I'm biased. <laughs> 
All right, next up, we have Sex Dreams, which was done by Lady Gaga, DJ White Shadow, Steve Guess, DJ Snake, and Chami. And at one point, this song was considered to be the first single from the album, and she was inspired by her fantasy of infidelity with someone whose boyfriend is gone for the weekend, and the song holds, like, a conversation she's having with herself, like, while she's dreaming. Right off the bat, the chorus is not my fave. Um, mm. The production is seductive in this clunky kind of way through the verse, and then it turns into this electro-pop party in the chorus, which is fine, but the melody of the chorus does not do much for me. The whole, like, sex dreams. Se- it doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> like, it doesn't. It not, I, I sing it really strangely. That's not how it goes. But just for me, something about it is identifiable in a way I'm like, oh, wow, this is great. I guess it's because she's saying, ooh, sex dreams. She's saying sex dreams. I guess some people kind of like, oh, yeah, that's doing it for me. But I just feel like in terms of like melodic kind of structure, like melody, I'm not asking for anything too complicated. It's just I feel like it's almost too simple and it just was pretty like meh for me. Um, but it doesn't mean the song is bad. Um, uh, the production, again, is good. The bass line, the bridge is really cool. It makes the song sound a lot more like chic, in my opinion. And the spoken part about her saying she's had too much to drink is great. Um, oh, yeah. I think the whole the way the top line is with this song is probably why I'm a little bit like mildly underwhelmed by the chorus, because I think it's very clever to have yourself speaking and singing and having the speaking voice having its own separate conversation than the, the singing voice, because one is speaking to an actual person and yeah. the singing voice speaking to the dreaming person. So when you get to the chorus, it just comes very it just falls flat for me. Um, but yeah, again, it's not terrible. It's just nothing outstanding. Um, I do wonder what would have happened if we would have gotten the version that Rihanna was rumored to have been on because she had made a tweet about like, oh, I just made a song with my favorite artist and then like texted, tweeted something about like sex dreams. And then Gaga said something else and then nothing happened. I wonder if the song would have gone elsewhere mm. with her vocal as the chorus. Maybe not. Maybe not. But um, yeah, it would have been interesting to kind of hear this because Rihanna was kind of in her like rated R era already. She's kind of doing her bad gal thing. So she short hair, short hair Rihanna is is queen. All right. So she was kind of in that era at that point. So it would have been interesting to kind of hear those two together for sure. How do you feel about this one? Nice. I like it more than you do, I think. Um, but I still at this point would not choose it as a single. You know what? I need to really think about it when I would choose as a single because I'm just saying none of them could work. But, um, <laughs> but I don't think this one would have worked either, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the intro actually is one of my favorite moments uh, in all of her discography. I love the balance of the spoken lines with the dramatic vocals. And it just sets up the song and tells the story very well. Um, yeah. I actually like the chorus of this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was watching the iTunes festival where she like was previewing the songs kind of a few months before it came out and it was mm-hmm. missing all the backing vocals. Um, and that's when I was like, oh, this sounds really bare. Mm-hmm. But then once you get the full version with kind of all the layers and stuff, I actually think it works. I think it's very catchy and it's memorable. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the production of the track is cool. I think it's very dramatic, of course, which is what most of the album is. But there's also this interesting air of darkness to it. Mm-hmm. Like there's a silliness mixed with the darkness. Like she knows that what she's thinking maybe isn't great. But then since it's a dream, she's kind of just going with it and embracing it and letting herself fantasize what she wants to fantasize. So it's just interesting. Again, just interesting layers to everything, um, despite kind of a very simple concept. But yeah, I like it. Um, and I've seen her perform it now quite a few times at the various concerts I've gone to. And it always goes off pretty well. Um, it's a good song for the stage, I think. Um, so yeah, I'll give it an 8.5. I will give it a 7.5. Of next, we have 
Jewels and Drugs featuring T.I., Too Short, and Twista. The song is done by Lady Gaga, DJ White Shadow, T.I., Too Short, Twista, Nick Monson, and Dino Zeises. She wanted to reach out to powerful rappers in the hip-hop world that would be open to being fearless and connecting to a new community. So essentially, she wanted to say, hey, hip-hoppers, are you willing to make music for the gay parties? Yeah. Yes, let's do it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this song is interesting. It's such an outlier mm-hmm. on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it really doesn't fit on it but then that's kind of why it fits on it just given kind of how chaotic this whole project is in a good way Mm -hmm. um this is another one kind of like aura that has grown on me quite a lot over time i think when i first heard it i just i just was thrown off by it i was like this why are you doing this Mm -hmm. um and i did not like ti's verse and i still don't love ti's verse because it feels Mm -hmm. like he just took it from some other song and kind of just slapped it on the track Mm -hmm. um like there's nothing unique about it the lyrics had nothing to do with what she's singing about um so that's always kind of annoyed me because of the other two rappers those verses are clearly inspired by gaga's verses and kind of her whole concept of the song so yeah that that's just always annoyed me about the song and that kind of brings it down a little bit and even production wise like too short and twista's verses they get unique production you get some kind of like interesting sounds interesting drums and stuff that go Mm -hmm. along with their flow and Mm -hmm. ti doesn't get any of that but so anyway i just didn't feel like that that well that was balanced well um but i love i do love gaga's parts in this i think there are great melodies actually in her in her sections and the lyrics are interesting she's spoken a lot about how money is not her motivation in general and then she gets into it more in other songs but the whole drug habit that she had at the time when she was recovering from the injury and everything you know drugs were a really big problem for her so then her equating drugs to love at some point it's also very interesting um mm-hmm. so yeah i think it's a cool song that has taken me years to appreciate um you know personally for me i don't care for the song's production um the typical brassiness and strings that was common in the genre it feels like stock music mm-hmm. um having worked with a lot of stock music it sounds like something i would cut together for like a commercial um and I know that the sound was trendy at the time because of like songs like Bugatti by Ace Hood and Future or like No Games by Rick Ross with also features Future. Like that whole brassiness was very common in Southern rap, um, like Maybach music, if you listen to that time. And I get it, but it's a very generic introduction. I guess it could be a generic introduction, excuse me, for those who aren't hip hop fans or don't know the artists I've just mentioned, um, which is fine. But then if you get someone like me who's listening to it, you're just like, come on. Because I've heard her do hip-hop and R&B a lot better. Like, she did Chillin' with Wale. She sounded good on that. Even oh, Video yeah. Phone. You know, she she has a way of writing beats a lot better than she did with this one. Um, and going back to what you were saying about the rappers, the best flow was probably Twist. I mean, Twist has always been really good at writing mm-hmm. the beat. Too Short is very old-school, 80s, early 90s, California rapper, very hypey kind of beats. So the beats that he had didn't quite fit his voice. And then T.I., as you mentioned, didn't really try, but the sound is common from the area that he's from, which is Atlanta, which is like crunk and crunk kind of hip hop with that brassy sound. Um, but I don't like that brass uh, in any kind of hip hop. K-pop does it now. Bothers me for mm-hmm. every kind of dance break for a festival. Yeah. Um, but yeah, her singing melody of the, like the singing parts of the, of the song are not bad melodically. I just feel like production, again, just does not match what she's singing. She sung. She sung songs way better with hip hop beats. She's um, she's the melody just doesn't fit for me. I feel like this is one of those times where it's like it's okay to kind of 
take influence from a different kind of singing style and go for it. There's nothing wrong with you switching it up. If you're going to put there have all these random rappers, because as sweet as the, the, the concept is, and I get what they're trying to do, it still feels very random. Um, like, no offense to Twisted, but he was not. He was kind of mildly like fading out by that time. Um, but yeah, like I said, it shows potential because they were actually trying to kind of go outside what was happening on the album. And DJ, um, not White, I was going to call him White Snake, DJ White Shadow. <laughs> yeah. Um, no offense to him, but he's had better. After digging around the time, like Mass Appeal, mm. the stuff he was doing for Mass Appeal, so much better, so much more potential. And then they were more hip-hop focused, EDM focused. And then when he brought like very Gaga-esque synths in, people were like, yo, this should have been on our pop. So I'm like, eh. I get the intention, but the execution is not there for me completely. So mm. my rating is going to reflect that. Um, Which if you want to go first, though, because I'm curious to know how much you want yeah. to um, Yeah, I'll give it a 7. I give this one a 6.5. All right, so that next track is Manicure, which was done by Lady Gaga, DJ White Shadow, Nick Monson, and Dino Zizis. And she said this song is about getting ready to go out and catch a man or a woman to fool around with. You know, this is funny. Um, this is a I love a good stomp, stomp, clap track. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> this is a stadium anthem for the man eaters. Okay, um, I think it's interesting um, how a lot of people use uh, certain vices for relief, for solace. Um, instead of saying she's going to use alcohol or drugs this time, she's saying, "Hey, I want to just kind of get laid." And there's nothing wrong with that. But again, this song obviously covers it because she says manicure, you know, be cured by a man or cure a man, whatever. Either way, someone's going to get fixed today. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's interesting to kind of have that be a song. It's really fun. Though. I wasn't expecting this kind of like, I don't know, this, this pop song, but it just feels not like something she's done before. It just feels very bright and like, yeah, about to go get laid. <laughs> so I like that. It's fun. Um, It's probably the more lighter topic or lighter kind of song to kind of compliment uh guy as well um Mm -hmm. because venus was venus was venus but you know something that sounds a little bit more like oh this could have been a single this could have been a single i Mm -hmm. feel like because it's interesting it's it's, i feel like katie could have been doing it but they were beefing at the time so i won't say that because kind of blasphemy at this point but katie could have done this you feel me like i feel like it would have been okay for a release you know (laughs) so yeah Mm -hmm. what do you think about this one I love this song. It is the perfect karaoke song. It will always be in my karaoke set list. It is so much fun to sing. Yeah. It is amazing. It's the lyrics are super clever. The whole thing, you're like screaming it. Um, and and yeah, I think the song comes alive when performed live. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. on the record, it's fun to listen to for sure. But when you see her perform it and she's just jumping around, and you get the live band in and she's just putting her absolute all into it. It's so much fun, and I think it needs to come back in a set list in the future for sure. Um, I love the breakdown at the end. It does have a kind of rock influence, and I wish the guitars were slightly louder, but I think after the electronic sounds from the previous tracks so far, it's nice to have something that's just sonically very different. Mm. Um, It's also interesting listening to the version performed on the iTunes Festival because... The whole structure of the song was different. Like the bridge was actually a post-chorus. So she actually sang it like three or four times throughout the song. Um, and it just didn't have as much of a build as the current final version does. So it's an interesting study of just how a song can evolve um, into its final version. But yeah, yeah. love this one. Yeah, so fun. Mm-hmm. I like this one. I'm going to give it a nine. Okay, I'm going 9.5. 
Up next, we have Do What You Want, featuring our cuck. <laughs> Lady Gaga wrote this one with DJ White Shadow. Ugh. DJ Snake, Steve Guest, and Tommy. I refuse to say that man's name. <laughs> guys, I think if you've ever been here, I've called him different things. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll call him different things. I refuse. Um, but yes, this is the single second. Wow, this is the second single from the album. And in the lyrics, she compares the idea of letting the media talk about however they want to with giving romantic consent. You can take everything from me, but you will never have my voice in mind. So this song was not intended to be an official single, but its sudden critical acclaim after its initial release prompted the change. A music video with R. Kelly was filmed, but was never released, likely due to the questionable concept and R. Kelly's controversies. When promoting the single on The Voice, though, Lady Gaga performed the song as a duet with Christina Aguilera, which is available on all streaming. We love Christina Aguilera. Aguilera. They say it properly in Chile. I heard her perform recently. They said it properly. I was like, that's how you're supposed to say that last name. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's no version with um, R. Smelly any longer because in 2019, following the highly publicized documentary Surviving R. Smelly, which has since led to R. Smelly's arrest and 31-year jail sentence for charges including child corn and um smex traffic uh lady gaga apologized for what she called her poor judgment regarding our smelly's involvement and announced that she would remove the song from all digital streaming platforms and for those who are listening on the podcast platforms I ref- i'm sorry for the change of words but youtube likes to demonetize when they hear certain words we trying to get that coin here on cctv um but <laughs> so what do you think about this track Yes, I love referring to him as R. Smelly. I think you should stick with that nickname for sure. Um, But yeah, even way back when, I was not happy with him being on the track. And the second we got the Christina version, I replaced it on my own. So I'm (laughs) glad that ended up happening uh, in real life anyway. Um, But yeah, as a song, it's a nice song. I like the R&B influence of it. I like that it's a little less intense compared to the rest of the album. And her vocal is really good. It's very vulnerable, but strong in the choruses. Um, and just a great example of her range. Um, yeah, the chorus is, is super, super catchy. And looking back, though, it's just she has said how twisted it really was to have our smelly on it. And it's I'm glad she realizes that because even back then, there was backlash against it because he was on it. Yeah, like with those lyrics, like do what you want with my body, you're really having him on it. Like you're really taking it a step too far. Yeah. Um, and also just to think about back at that time, that was when people started doing all those like pre-release singles on iTunes. And then when you downloaded those, those songs would shoot up the Billboard charts. So you have all these random album tracks that charted at the time. <laughs> you know, like the whole switch to digital was still kind of being figured out at that point. So was this song actually as popular as they thought it was to turn it into the second single? I don't think so. But mm-hmm. it's interesting to look back on it. I think they should have just stuck with the Christina version after they had it. Um, but I think by that point, it was probably too late a little bit. Um, but yeah, the version with Christina, though, is great. And there yeah. was so much buzz when they performed together. Um, great chemistry. And I'm glad that at least that version of the song is still available for everyone. Yes. Yes, yeah. I agree. I agree. I think the song is good um, in terms of what it means. Um, the whole, I mean, for her to be someone who's a pop star, she's go- she's going to be in the media, right? 
And then she crafted her own image, right? And of course, the only thing you can do as an artist is give and whatever people receive and then perceive, it's not up to you. And it's so hard to deal with that. So hearing this as as a song, making it sound a little bit more like, you know, a lover, you can have me. At the end of the day, I'm still my own kind of woman. That's a nice little double meaning. Um, I do appreciate that. So I think I appreciate it a lot more having two women sing that who have both been scrutinized in the media for being skinny enough or possibly being um, transgender or as if it mattered. Like, mm-hmm. is, the song, is the song still not good? Is the music still not good? It is. Uh, so I do appreciate that, especially with um, you have um, Christina, who is inspired by R&B uh, singing. So, I mean, when she sings on that, you're like, oh, there goes that run. Oh, there it is. And you have them mm-hmm. both sing together. You have you have Gaga, who sings in this very lyrical soprano kind of way. And then you have Gaga, I mean, uh, Christina singing in this very R&B inspired way. So it's really nice to have because they're both very powerful women. Um, I think it was interesting to have our smelly on there in terms of like. It was a move. And I think she may have been trying to be shocking. Who knows what she was thinking at the time? Mm. Um, but I mean, it made sense but not only for his own allegations, but also because of his his reputation as being like an R&B like titan in terms of like songwriting. Um, like if he was not as disgusting as he is, his music in time, timeless, just baby making music, I believe I can fly all that crap like that. So yeah, I guess it made sense in the sense of like, do what you want my body because he made baby making music. But again, I don't like that. Anyway, I think what really caught my attention with the song because I didn't even know it existed until the AMA performances. I didn't uh, see, I didn't know the song existed. And this whole like Lewinsky Monroe inspired skit thing, he goes, yeah. I want it. He goes, I want that Italian. I want that Italian. I'm like, that's nasty. That's so nasty. I still think it's gross. Even regardless, even if it wasn't him, it could have been anybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, come on. And she's sitting there, oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm like, Lord, get me out of here. Um, but yeah, again, um, <laughs> the performance was, was great. She did a good job. And I get Oh, yeah, she killed thing. that. Yeah, I know yeah. she was saying, but I just don't like that he was the president and pretend that he didn't know her. Again, very Lewinsky, yeah. Monroe of them, but yes. Not right. Yes. That yeah, that performance is uh it's it's a weird one because she yeah. killed it, but yeah. the concept as a whole was just a weird choice. And it feels yeah. really gross watching it back now, especially knowing yeah. well, especially now that he's finally been convicted. Yeah. Um I will there are some great performances of the song though. Of course the Christina one on the voice, but also yeah. the acoustic version that she did on one of the mm. British TV shows. Oh my mm. god, it's so good. Yeah. And she has like an iPad or something. It's like on her dress. It's it's really good. I was like, yeah. wow, that's one of the best acoustic performances I think I've ever seen of hers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will link that in the description if you want to check it out. Mm-hmm. She's good. She's one of those people that kind of made people be like, oh, pop stars can actually sing. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah. How would you rate the song? All this stuff like aside. Um, kind yeah, of just taking that out of there. How'd you rate um, this? Song? Well, it's a hard. So I actually don't like Arch Smelly's verse, regardless yeah. of who he is. I actually don't yeah. love his verse. Yeah. I must prefer Christina's version. Right. So if I'm rating Christina's version, I would give it a nine. Mm-mm. If I'm rating the version with him on it, maybe an eight. Yeah, I'm sitting at like yeah. a 7.5. Because again, he's like an R&B artist, almost too R&B for this, I feel. Yes, we're now at the title track with Art Pop, which was done by Lady Gaga, DJ White Shadow, Nick Monson, and Dino Zizis. And she wanted to keep the production simple on this one and intended for it to not really go anywhere or have a climax, giving it a more, quote unquote, infinite tone. And she performed the song with Elton John and the Muppets on her holiday special which is a great performance. You should definitely watch that. <laughs> so this one's interesting. 
Uh, I like that she says art pop can mean anything in this in the word. Um, the, the the song itself, but yeah, also what the album represents, like the ethos of the album. Yeah. Um, songs like this make me happy because again, things like this make you realize like you could take pop artists seriously. And I think after around this time was when people were like, oh yeah, pop artists can actually have have emotions outside of I love you, you love me, you hurt me, and it's tearing up my heart. You know, what I'm saying like this one's a little bit more like tongue-in-cheek pop she's clever um but yeah i could hear annie lennox on this one like it sounds like here comes the rain um a little bit to me now i'm like oh my god it's a carbon copy but in terms of like what it did sonically and like the the distant sound and very distant relative by the way just like that but it would be a fun collaboration to hear annie on a with it'd be great to hear those two together because they can both sing and they both have like this very like haunting kind of sound sometimes Mm. um so yeah i think uh, it's interesting um, as a track. And Gaga confirmed during like her own track-by-track commentary on Sirius XM that the song was known as her like a swan song. And it was the first song written for the album. Mm. And the one that she worked on that took the longest out of the other ones. Which is interesting considering the sound of the full song. You don't think, you would think something like DUI or, you know, the drugs and the, and the drugs, the drugs and the jewels song. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> The Drugas and the Jewel song was something to worry about, right? No, it was this one. So that says a lot. I wonder what that what what was stopping her from like completing it and making sure that it was perfect, considering mm-hmm. it was a title track. So mm-hmm. yeah, very curious about that. Yeah, it's cool. I I know she mentioned she she wanted it to be understated, but the production still has some really cool moments to yeah. it. Like there's really interesting things that come in and out of it, and I like that it does sound like just kind of like a weird experimental track from mm-hmm. the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I That does keep it very timeless, I think, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate her vocal on this. She sounds very warm, almost like an alien welcoming you into their planet or their home or something, um, <laughs> which is cool. Uh, so, yeah, I think the whole idea of art pop is is awesome. You know, music is art, but many people don't really think or they don't equate music with physical art. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's been kind of doing that since the very beginning, right? Like when I went to see the fame ball, like there was, I was like, I don't know what's going on, you know, with some of the stuff that she has on stage and what she's wearing and what she's saying. And it was all like, it was weird, but it was performance art, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's just a great culmination of her philosophy as an artist. So I kind of love that she refers to it as her swan song. That's very interesting. I will give it a 7.5. You know, I was sitting at an 8 because I have my hands ready to go. But yeah, 7.5 actually sounds a lot better. So sorry, Gaga fan. <laughs> sorry, Monster. I know. I feel like we're giving like kind of low ratings, even though I really like this album. But I think, I don't know. Everything is just like a little odd. And then in her discography, there is better than a lot of these songs. I don't know. But yeah, Gaga fans, Little Monsters, let us know in the comments below how you feel about the tracks we've talked about so far. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And if you want us to review any other Gaga albums or even her whole career, let us know in our Patreon because if you become a CCTV producer, you get top choice and priority, darling. All right. So let's get into that next song. And up next, we have Swine by Lady Gaga, DJ White Shadow, not Snake. Dino Zesis, Zesis, and Nick Monson. And this is an intense song that was inspired by a SA that she experienced and the rage she feels about the experience and how people use others to get their way. Or to get mm-hmm. what they want. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts about this song? Um, I mean, I guess you can kind of approach it with the whole context of it or even just 
kind of like first listen, not knowing what it's about. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I think the whole thing is very chaotic. Um, mm. Given the context, you definitely understand the song a bit more for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think the production is very, very cool on this. It's noisy, but it mm-hmm. all still feels very full and every element still kind of has its place. Uh, mm. She called the tour the art rave. I think she called like the album launch also the art rave. And this yeah, song is just perfect for mm-hmm. that idea. Like it's very intense. Um, and you can kind of just imagine a mosh pit of like people in, I don't know, like glitter or something <laughs> like mm-hmm. listening to this song. Yeah. Um, my favorite part in this is when the piano takes over for the second chorus. It just brings a, a little lightness to the whole thing. Yeah. Um, a slight yeah. vulnerability on top of kind of all the intensity. Mm. And her vocal is really, really good on this. She's angry. It's intense. It's powerful. But it's not too, despite her kind of screaming and and kind of yelling a lot of it it still feels very full and not too that it's still like pleasant on the ears i guess you could say um Mm -hmm. and yeah there's been some really interesting performances of this one as well which kind of stand out in my mind most notably the south by southwest one with the mechanical pig and then that woman who um vomits on her i don't know it's yeah. very interesting <laughs> yeah oh uh, yeah i mean I can, I can get into that a little bit just to kind of maybe give you a perspective I'll, I'll, or whoever didn't really get it either because that is a very strange thing to look at and you're like huh, what the heck <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i like the i like the song um i like the hiccups in the song mm. I know, and the wiry synth and i will say i was driving when i first heard this song which is when we started doing this review so like a couple weeks ago i started listening to it and you oh, you've never I'm, heard this before that I don't think I have, oh, unless I did. Like, I think I may have seen the South by Southwest performance in terms of like the virality of what happened, oh, yeah, as yeah, opposed yeah. to like the whole context. So when I heard the song, I was <laughs> yeah, when, I'm, when I'm driving, I'm usually in the car for quite a long time, so my thoughts start to wander. So when I was listening to this, I heard "You're just a pig inside of a human body," and the first thing I thought was, "A oh, man." No offense to men out there, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of nice ones out there, but the whole "not all men" thing doesn't count here. When you've been hurt by someone, that's the first thing. You're a pig or you're a dog. Like, that's the first thing you're thinking, right? Like I said, just something about it just felt like dehumanization of someone in general. Um, I just thought men because my own personal reasons. But it feels very, like, dehumanizing. And, um, you know, I was like, wow, okay, yeah, where's this going? And then the wind up before the swine shriek that she does, I was like, what the heck? So, you know, I'm a headbanging kind of person when it comes to EDM. Like, I will legit, like, legit thrash my whole head and body. I don't, like, really do the drugs and the drugas or whatever. But this song made me do that. And I was in the car. I was like, yeah! Ah! Yeah! Um, but, you know, when it, in terms of the context of it or even just the meaning of it, uh, when you go through trauma, sometimes the only thing you can do is get aggressive and expel the energy how you see fit. Um, and I think it's interesting that she mentioned that uh at the end of the song like paint your face paint her face and be swine for the weekend uh and it's interesting because it's like your dirt made me dirty and now i'm no better than you and that's what really happens with a lot of people who have experienced essay or any kind of trauma that they're involved in there's it's like a, a a filth you can't wash off um and you especially if you feel like you can't fight back it's like what else can you do and sometimes in this case you create or if you're someone who uses vices you drink or all the other stuff like that. Like for me, like I heard this song, like when I'm upset about something or when I have been upset, I would go to, I would legit go to parties and just jump around, shake my yams, throw the, throw my yams into outer space, if you will, and make it bounce like a bad check. 
Um, so everyone has different things, right? And I think the vomiting at the South by Southwest represents that. Um, I mean, in terms of like vomiting, maybe this was something that she did personally. Like she felt so sick to her stomach. She did that. You can't you, you can't wash it off. You can never wash it yeah. off. Um, but I feel like maybe if she would have just had something sexual kind of being simulated and didn't spilled on her, that would make a little bit more sense, made a little bit more comfortable, but it's not about being comfortable. And the song is not meant to make you feel comfortable. So I think that's really like uh, interesting and kind of might may or may not sway my score. But aside hmm. from the context of the song, um, I like it just personally for my own taste. Okay, so, yeah. so do you get that? I'm going to put this one kind of close to Guy for me. I'm going to give it a nine because I personally like it for my own personal taste, for sure. Got it. I will go with a seven. All right, with track 10, we have Donatella, which was done by Lady Gaga Zed, and it has a sample of Karma Bitch by Anjuli. And this is about being a fearless female and not caring what people say about you. Much like Donatella Versace. Yes. I love it. Okay, okay. Loving is not the right word. I just think it's so funny because when I think of Donatella Versace, it's a Versace. Mm-hmm. If you listen, if you don't know where the Versace comes from, you you need to go. But yeah, Donatella Versace is everything. Um because she's she's kind of tall <laughs> and she's blonde and she's skinny and she's rich. Honestly, I heard the song because of that line. I saw that's what I, that's what I love about the song is that first line because it's so funny. Yeah. Um, and I forgot yeah. where I heard it. I think it's one of those like Twitter stan memes or like TikTok got a hold of it. Either way, I heard it. I'm fabulous. I'm fab. I'm blonde. I'm skinny. I'm kind of rich and I'm a little bit of, I'm going to say fish. Um, but yeah, I love this after swine um, in terms of reclaiming reclamation of oneself. Mm-hmm. Um, because after experiencing any kind of like abuse or any kind of heartbreak or whatever, you kind of want to come up, you want to glow up, whatever you want to call it. And this song essentially does that. So instead of being ashamed of being like fabulous and being upper class and being that gossip girl type, you're, you're Don, you, you embody Donatella Versace or Versace, if you will, whatever. Um, you become Donatella Versace herself. And you own it. We all have some that we embody, right? So I, I enjoy it. And I feel like beauty, d- beautiful, dirty, rich has a bestie in the song. Not mm. a sister, not a cousin, but the bestie is a little bit more upper class that has the money that can pay for the club that beautiful, dirty, rich <laughs> is trying to get into. Oh, <laughs> pay for all the Cute. bottles. Yeah, I, I like that it's kind of like over the top and con- considering like the state of A-listers at the time, like socialites and media having a field day with them. The song takes ownership of all that. And it's, and it's fun. I think it's, it's fun to kind of stretch your stuff you know like, mm-hmm. what's on it's interesting because yeah i agree the sequencing makes it really cool because this almost gives it the intention means so much more coming mm. after swine mm. uh, so yeah just a really cool choice in the sequencing for sure and yeah this one's fun i love the first part of the chorus because it is slightly whiny the way she's saying it and it's it's funny it's done on purpose and again mm-hmm. just very silly yeah. And I think that's what makes Gaga really stand out. Because I think, especially in this time, people were taking themselves really seriously in pop. And you had to in order to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And she did not care. She I was know. just like, yeah, she was just having fun, which we love. Uh, I love the pre-chorus on this one. Um, ask, with all the questions, what do you want to wear this spring? It's just a nice build, a nice melody, and it makes you really want to get to the chorus and that's mm-hmm. that's what makes a good pre-chorus a lot of the time and it just sets it up really well it's very satisfying um and again the lyrics are very very clever there's yeah. despite the song being fun and yeah just being about yeah upper class and all that stuff 
there's the references to the extreme eating habits that many models have historically had to endure, um, how uncomfortable fashion can be. Uh, and it's all just very nuanced. And again, just adds a lot of little layers to things in, mm -hmm. a, in a song where its concept could be very shallow, um, pun intended. Uh, she has made it a lot deeper. And I find that really, really cool. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So I will give this one an eight. Same. Cool. I will give it an eight. Up next is fashion! Exclamation point. <laughs> Done by Lady Gaga, David Guetta, DJ White Shadow, not Snake, Will I Am, and Giorgio Tunfort. All right, this song is about her love of transformation and how her outfits make her feel, help make her feel more confident. And it's performed, oh, sorry, she has performed the song with RuPaul on her Thanksgiving holiday special, which is absolutely fabulous. Mm -hmm. Fabulous! Yes, it made me sad after watching that because I was like, she should have just put RuPaul on the original version of the song. That True. would have been brilliant. Um, but that performance is great. And RuPaul does an amazing job. Yes. Um, also, how random that Will I Am is on this song. And it's the only song I think they've ever done together. <laughs> like, it's very random because this is just not the sound I would have expected from him. And according to Genius, he's actually the one saying all the French at the end. Yes. That's interesting. With all the, with all the, with all yeah. the, the, the labels. <laughs> Very it. random, but I kind of love that. Kind of, <laughs> we love these little pop collaborations for sure. Yeah, this song is, is good. I do think it's a little fillery, but I think her vocal is the best part of it. It's very operatic yeah. and thick, and it just makes it feel very warm and positive. Um, and again, if she had RuPaul on it, I think I would like it more. Yeah. Uh, cause now I just wish. Her voice was on it as well, just to give it another level and dimension. Because they were like singing the octaves together. And I don't know, it just it just was a little more full. But yeah. again, that build into the final chorus, like the builds throughout this whole album are so, so good. Mm -hmm. With like the long notes and yeah. the tension of the looking good, feeling fine. And you can yeah. just like feel the, the beat just like driving and getting bigger and more intense. I love that so much. Uh, but yeah, this was a fun one, but it does feel a little fillery amongst mm. everything else, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, I felt it was a little bit more safer. Um, mm -hmm. It's not bad. It's just not as bombastic as some of the other tracks. Yeah. Uh, I think some of the piano choices in the chorus remind me, remind me of Kylie's Love at First Sight. That dun, 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 dun. Yeah, there's a, there's a chord in this piano that sounds very, uh, in the song that sounds very similar to me. A little similar, not very, that's a stretch. Little similar. And and even the way the intro comes in reminds me of Wow by Kylie. The way it comes in, I was like, why does it sound so familiar to me? Uh, the notes are different, but the way it kind of skips and kind of plops into the pops, not even the word, it kind of skips into the uh, to the song. I was like, oh, interesting. I think the whole like ballroom disco-esque energy of it made me think more Kylie. Um, but yeah, no, there are some elements of it where I thought, huh. That sounds a little familiar, but not in a bad way where it sounds like she's snatching and stealing. So don't come for me in the comments or do. Uh, but yeah, it's a fun song and it shows that she can really handle the minimalist tracks. Um, I think it's so interesting the way she is singing because it is very theatrical because she's giving. <laughs> right. And it's giving darling. We own the world. Like the way people would talk, you know, when they're trying to be like <laughs> their impression of whatever they think that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what she was singing like to me in my mind. Uh, the bridge yeah. breakdown is is really great. Like you mentioned, um, it feels like a, the backstage prep before the final strut. It definitely builds attention really well. And then we get this awesome outro with that dubstep and all the other interesting things. So I think at the end, it does pick up 
and take everything up a notch and uh, kind of ushers in the next song that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Well, so I think in that sense, it, it, she was kind of renaissance before Beyonce was renaissance you know? So I'm joking, but yeah, <laughs> it's nice to kind of hear that ending for sure. <laughs> nice. So yeah, I'll give this one. Oh, this is so hard. I'll give it an eight. Yeah. You know what? I agree. I think it's sitting at like an eight. I was thinking 8.5. I think it's sitting at an eight too. All right, moving on to Mary Jane Holland, which was done by Lady Gaga and Madion and samples Can't Beat the Machines by The Good Natured. And this is about her alter ego named Mary Jane Holland, who she becomes when she smokes weed. My goodness. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um, you know, this one, again, there's going to be a comparison, y'all. Listen, I was a DJ in my past life. You may not hear it, y'all, but I can hear it and it's fine. Um, the way the song comes in, it reminds me of like an 80s fantasy action movie with all the like, pew, pew, pew. it sounds very like. Tron soundtrack to me, uh-huh. but it sounds mostly like Journey's separate ways as like as an inspo in the beginning. That the synth that they play in their song reminds me of the one that I hear here. Um, again, it's not it's not exactly. I get it. It's not a copy and paste, but the reason it doesn't is because Gaga is a great musician. Dang it, that's why. And this is like a freaking ripoff. On uh, you can hear the signature sound once you get past that little the little. Not even like the tickling of the synth. I don't even know what kind of adjective that would be. Mm-hmm. Know, the verb, whatever. But it kind of tickles in. And then Gaga Sound comes in. And uh, I read that she had uh, stated that she wrote the song while abroad, right? And she was speaking to Madian, Madion, Mad, mm-hmm. about... She was like tired of the world owning her blondness or who she was as a blonde, right? Um, so she went out and became Mary Jane for the night. Like literally was like, I'm going out. She went to all her favorite places. I'm paraphrasing, I'm paraphrasing a lot. Um, but I think it's interesting that Mary is her quote unquote normal self because her normal self is still very just like, she's a force. Regardless of what kind of facet she is in her life, she has a personality. She's not just like, well, I guess I'm going to be reserved when I'm at home or whatever. No, she still has a personality, right? You can see that. Um, and the lyrics speak to that. And I think it's the most obvious lyrics on the album. Like she literally says, the lady of the Dom won't be a slave to the blonde. She was literally in Amsterdam when she did, de- when she debuted Mary Jane Holland. So, I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's very obvious. Um, and I love the ending. It's very epic. Um, cause toward the end, it sounds like the intro of an album or a concert. So her introducing this character at the end of the bridge is like, what? That's crazy. Everyone introducing. I can't shout right now. But yeah, it's so fun. And I'm like, wow. Look at her giving herself a grand entrance as if she doesn't have. I mean, listen, Pop was going through a whole like alter ego. We had we had a Roman, uh, Roman, Roman, uh, Roman with Nicki Minaj, uh, 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 Sasha Fierce, um, Gaga with, I guess now Mary Jane, but Gaga always had some whomever up inside her anyway, right? So Pop was going through that phase. So, so for her to actually get actual soft, I guess it's brilliant. Um, so yeah, I think the live performance is great. Her putting chairs on her body is oh, yeah. fine. Um, random. Mm-hmm. But she had green hair. She wasn't blonde. So she that's did. also fun too. Yeah, yeah, this one was a highlight when I went to that concert. This yeah. one really is really, really fun. When I love the choreo as well. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting. Yeah, Lady Gaga's all about alter egos. Yeah. Lady Gaga itself is an alter, alter ego, right? So... I find it really interesting just in her career so far. That's yeah. kind of how she handles all the different aspects of her personality and creativity. 
Um, so for her to now have this other alter ego that's just for when she's high on weed and wants to escape from mm -hmm. these other alter egos, I just find that whole idea very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just a carefreeness to the way she's singing and to the way the lyrics are written. And that, again, balances kind of the intensity of this production very, very well. Mm. I love the chorus to this. It's so fun to sing along to, and it's very hard not to chant along with her, the name. Mary! Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so yeah. much fun. Mary. Uh, and this is what I always look forward to. Like, if it ever pops up, like, on Shuffle or anything, mm -hmm. it's always a highlight of the day, <laughs> I think. Yeah. And just, yeah, great electropop. And the drums are awesome as well. The drums are super intense. This is one I would love to learn. There's mm. just a lot going on. Um, and it really builds the song and the different parts of it really, really well. And the drama of the bridge, again, is just perfect. You get mm -hmm. the flittery synths, you get the really silly lyrics. And yeah, the drama of her introducing herself and the cheering that happens is hilarious. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I give, I'll give the song a... I would give it a nine. I like where it is kind of sitting in the other, other, other songs I gave up there, put up there. Yeah. Yeah. You? I will also give this one a nine. All right, so up next we have Dope by Lady Gaga, Rick Rubin, Dino Zasis, DJ White Shadow, and Nick Monson. And this song serves as an apology to her friends, family, and fans after being addicted to marijuana and drugas that she was taking while recovering from her hip surgery that she had um, sustained while on tour. Um, and an, early ver an earlier version of the song with different lyrics titled I Want to Be With You was previewed at the iTunes Music Festival a few months prior to the album's release. So fans got a little taste of it. But was, this the, was that the version that ended up being on this album? Uh, Chris, would you speak to that? Not at all. <laughs> the melody was the same. Lyrics were completely different. The head shake. Um, the yeah. original version was very much um, a, a very obvious or clear, direct message to the fans i missed you while i was away healing from this injury i want to yeah. be with you that was kind of the original intention yeah the final version that adds this whole layer of her drug addiction and how that kind of turned her into a very isolated person and how she knew it made her very difficult to work with etc cetera, etc cetera, as she was kind of going through all of this mm. um so yeah i appreciate the meaning of this song but this is far from being one of my favorite Gaga ballads. Yeah. Um, I the melody just doesn't really do anything for me, mm -hmm. and her vocal performance, I really don't like it. Um, mm -hmm. I don't like the slurring of the words. I don't like the really throaty singing that she's doing. It's just not very pleasant to listen to, and it doesn't sound as vulnerable as I think it could have, or mm -hmm. maybe that I want it to. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, just not for me. And then the production as well. I kind of wish she maybe just left it as a piano ballad or mm. something, or maybe just made it more rock influence because those mm -hmm. buzzing mm -hmm. synths and stuff kind of distract from the emotion as well. So it's just, yeah. it doesn't do what I think it was intended to do, unfortunately. And this yeah. is one that I don't ever really listen to. Yeah, you know, I think the vocal delivery isn't inspired by the state that one could be in when under the influence. Cause I knew, I heard that too, and I was like, "Oh, girl, you sound like you sound you sound like what you what you feel what you're going through right now." Um, so I get why she may have done that. Um, and I'm pretty sure you do too, obviously. But I think that's maybe why she kind of just stuck with it and never got like past it. Um, just to kind of show like the internal struggle, and then it became like an actual struggle. Cause even when she was hitting the notes, it was like, "Girl, 
we've heard you scream and are like belt, but this is it's giving hard time right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, hey, this was just that's what she was going through a hard time, right? So, um, yeah, those electric zipping zip 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 zooms weren't not my favorite. I don't know. I thought if you're gonna put that in a song, definitely have a switch up of some kind of tempo change, some type of like mm-hmm. take the song up to the next, shift a gear. Give me some. Give me some. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> just a kind of uh, segue, a little segue to what's it called? Take tangent away from the song. The uh, cover art of this song makes me laugh. The whole pantless Gaga in the teeth. This was interesting, but maybe this was she felt like she felt like a monster, you know, mm. a sexy monster. I don't know, but it was just like what's going on. A lot of the artwork for these songs have been interesting. We didn't really discuss it, like we probably yeah. should have. But a lot of the artworks for the songs have been great. Great. This one, including the one with Venus, I'm not completely con- con- convinced I know the meaning of. Like, Venus has, like, the scorpion on her forehead. And I think it's inspired by another artist. But this one. Fans in the comments, let us know what it meant, please. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just meant to kind of depict her being, like, a monster toward people and what she was going through, and maybe to articulate why she was singing the way she was. Sorry, that's, this is a very sad track. Um, but yeah, uh, the post-chorus repeat is a little meh to me in the direction of it wasn't my favorite. Um, mm. I do um, feel like she could have done a little bit better with the analogy. I mean, we get addiction and love. are They kind of they kind of hit the same spots of the brain. So I get the whole analogy and the comparison. Um, but I feel like she could have gone a little bit further with it. Give us some actual sonic trippiness. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. the chorus was lazy. A little bit. <laughs> Bye, girl. <laughs> I said, yeah. it was lazy. Come for me, monsters. Come for me, little monsters. <laughs> but yeah, what yeah. do you rate this song? I <laughs> will give say? this one a five. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. I think I'm going to match the five. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Um, okay, so moving on to number 14, we have Gypsy, which was done by Lady Gaga, Madian, or Madeon. What do we know? Do we figure out what it is? He's French, right? Oh, let us know. It's and DJ White Shadow, and also Red One is back for this song, which is fun. He he was gone for a minute there. That's funny yeah. as heck. <laughs> uh, and Gypsy was written while out on tour. And the song is about how she's traveling all the time and can feel lonely, but her fans in each country are her home. And she performed the song with Kermit the Frog on her Thanksgiving special, which also is a brilliant performance. One of my favorite Gaga performances ever, maybe. I like the song's meaning. Um, As a touring artist, Gaga probably felt so alone at times. I mean, I even tell people this myself, like with me singing, like I do everything by myself. That's life. I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. You get tired. (laughs) You get tired of being alone all the damn time. And the song kind of talks to that. Um, I mean, you can be surrounded by a team, by dancers, and still feel very alone because you don't really have a home. So you don't have a place to really lay down except a hotel. As nice as it is, it's not the warm embrace of a loved one or even being able to talk to your fans who like really love you and want nothing but you. You know, your team is working with you. They do love you, but they get paid. You know, when the checks stop flowing and stuff, what happens, right? No offense to her team. I'm pretty sure they love her. House of Gaga, I probably I apologize. But um, but yeah, I mean, having the little monsters and a hug or kiss from a true love, whoever that was at the time, um, uh, is comforting. It's comforting. Like in terms of finding love when you do find it, um, kind of just going to the, the true love part of the song, you hope that the person that you're with understands that you have this dream, you're still gonna live it, and that they support and care about you while they're still, 
you know, are you still living your dream? Because you could possibly make them feel lonely too. So there's a, a lot of things going on. And I do appreciate that um, as she's listing all these places she's been and going and, and whatnot. Uh, she mentions the, the German, but also she says someday in Jakarta, because at the time, or a little bit before that time, um, the, the tour stop in yep. Jakarta got canceled because of all the bigotist uh, groups. So I think that's interesting that she put that in there. She kind of let them know, like, hey, little monsters, I did want to come. We all know what happened. I still love you. Someday I will be there. So I appreciate that. I think that's really awesome. Um, I think as a whole, the song is giving festival just awesomeness. Um, I'm not sure how often she performs the song because I've never been to a tour or anything like that. But this song is great. I think mm. it's a really big song. And um, it's interesting that, you know, she just, she, uh, I don't want to say she's um, saying gypsy a lot, but I've noticed that she, during this time, she was saying things that she probably would get canceled for now. And I'm so happy that she existed when she did because she gets to say what she wants and articulate in such an artistic way where you're like, you know what? A lot of gypsy, even though there's, that's not exactly like the right term for people who just wander because they're their own kind of like people. Yeah. We get it. We get it with this song, you know? And I get it. Like if you're a person of the gypsy culture and, the, and, and all that stuff like that, I'm sorry. But the song just makes sense in terms of what it was trying to do. So mm-hmm. I'm glad she existed when she did and she wrote the song when she did. That's it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love this song. It's so joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she hasn't performed it that much. She did perform it at the Art Rave. Uh, and I yeah. believe, yeah, at, at a couple other gigs as well. Um, and, and yeah, this is one that I do think should have been a single. I believe at the time it was a contender with GUI. And I think they ended up going with GUI. Um, which is interesting. I'm curious how this one would have done. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think this one is a bit more accessible to the general public, but yes. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think this whole song is perfect. I love that it starts quite mellow and the whole build into the tonight. That's like, mm-hmm. it's brilliant. The whole first verse is is so awesome. And there are just so many great sing-along moments, including that one. There's the I'm, 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 I'm like, it's so much fun to do. And yeah, the listing of countries and ethnicities is fun. It reminds me of the call-outs in Born This Way. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, the, I don't speak German, but I try great Easter egg for the Schetze fans. Um, I love that song on Born This Way as well. So I love that call-out. And yeah, this actually is one of my favorites in all of Gaga's discography, including the stuff that was released later. I just think it's just so happy while speaking to something um, that actually is a little sad at the same time. So mm-hmm. there is still a melancholy to it, but she's almost yeah. seeing the good, the silver lining of it, I yeah. guess, the good yeah. side of it. Totally. Um, so I think that whole dynamic is really good. And you can feel that actually mm-hmm. in the song, which is brilliant. Yeah. And so, yeah, this one's up there for me. I will give this one a 10. Yeah, this one's a 10 for me too. All right. So here we are at the final track. <clears throat> mm. Applause by Lady Gaga, DJ White Shadow, Dino, Nick, Steve Guess, Tommy, Julian Arias, and Nicholas Mercier. This was the first single from the album and was a big hit across the world. And it's about how the applause and cheering of the fans is what kept her going when she's performing through her hip injury on tour, which makes me so annoyed as an artist because I understand. Um, And the music video was inspired by silent films and Lady Gaga's passion for her transforming and the different facets of herself as a performer. There's a lot of art in this one. It's so Mm -hmm. interesting. I didn't know any of the artwork. I'm pretty sure there's a Tumblr post somewhere of someone explaining all of it. But uh, yeah, let's hop right into it. Applause. Love applause. 
I, I think it's another one that's grown on me through time. I remember when it was first released, mm-hmm. I was slightly underwhelmed. And I think I wasn't alone in feeling that amongst her fans, because before that, the lead singles were Born This Way and Bad Romance and Just Dance, you know, like just really timeless hits. And this one didn't really feel that way and still mm-hmm. doesn't really feel that way. Like this song, is not as good as those. But it is a good song. Um, and I think seeing her sing it live and watching her perform it in all its different iterations, mm-hmm. she just emanates joy when she's singing this song. Yeah. So that has helped a lot in growing for me. And that synth is so instantly recognizable. Dun, 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 dun. Like the second yeah. you hear that, it's like, oh, like, you know what that is. So uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's always fun mm-hmm. when that comes on. But yeah, I think the whole thing is just, it's made to be performed. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, it's another one that I appreciate a lot more visually than I do sonically. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's fun to sing. And I love the spelling of applause. For some mm-hmm. reason, I love the spelling out of words in songs. Yeah. I mentioned that before. I forget what song we were talking about at the time, but I have yeah. mentioned that. I don't know why I love that so much. Um, have mentioned but yeah, that. I think it's interesting she decided to end the album with this because I think overall everything is quite experimental for the most part on this album. Yeah. But this one kind of feels safe it feels like the we need to write a hit we need to write the single it it really does kind of feel that way um so i don't know it just feels slightly i don't know not forced but i don't know just just it just doesn't feel as deep uh as the rest of the album um yeah i think if this was supposed to be the next track to be like the oh, she's the one that sang Born This Way, then it made, it makes sense, right? It makes sense for someone who's just like, who this? Oh, that's the chick and the egg at last year's Grammys. Got it. You know, that's kind of what it was serving. I get that. Um, the song so funny. <laughs> so bang the song. <laughs> she's hilarious. Um, but yeah, you know, my silly kid brain, like this chorus when I first heard it. I had no clue the hell she say. I still don't. I refuse to learn the lyrics properly to this song. I want to mindlessly, senselessly, without reason, mumble and sing the the right notes, you know? Um, I love the operatic (laughs) singing that she does. I was like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just back there, like, mumbling. Um, I really don't know the lyrics. If you guys ask me right now, Shan, million dollars. Yeah, I barely know my own lyrics. Um, But yeah, I love the R&B diva moment at the end. She goes, woo (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just said there's so many moments of this song where I feel like she she has a good time but there is no way she sat there and was like I'm not writing a freaking bridge for that. are you kidding me she could have wrote a bridge she could have but she didn't she goes she just wooed you know um but yeah I I, I think about the lyrics the, the one lyric I do know that I we want to talk about just randomly singing is the one second, I'm the Kunz, and suddenly the Kunz is me. <laughs> I sing, I don't even need a prompt. <laughs> that, that, and then the whole, um, G, U, Y. I'll sing those kind of, those parts of the songs without prompt. I don't know what it is. I'll just be sitting there. Suddenly the Kunz is me. Like, for whatever reason, I'll do that. Um, I remember hearing that. I said, did she say, did she say this? Did she say the slur word? But it's the artist. I was like, Girl, I don't think it relates to your people, but okay. But now that I know it's the art, I was still young at the time. But yeah, I was like, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, that part always cracks me up. Um, but yeah, not like this song. 
And the performances are great because she'll sit there and da-da, 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 and then I love the 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 stocking cap. <laughs> yep. The the face. The Aphrodite clip. We got a lot of the costumes that she would end up wearing during Art Rave and the mm-hmm. performances in this video. So it was very much tied. Like she knew from the jump. She was giving what K-pop gives now, you know? Um, yes. But I mean, as an artist conceptually, she's always been like that. But it's just so funny to like, hear it and see it too. So yeah, I mean, um, this track was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I have to shout out the performances for sure. Yeah. The favorite is the Wizard of Oz one on Good yes. Morning America. She mentioned it's that in Gypsy. It's so cool. It's brilliant. She mentions Wizards of Oz yeah. and Gypsy. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, what is this? What does it do with anything? And then now when I heard Gypsy, I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but like the fact that she did that for Good Morning America, where most ha- people tend to phone it in because, you know, it's like at 730 in the morning and they just kind of, yeah. you know, just yeah. do the standard thing. And she's like, I'm building out the whole Yellow Brick Road and yep. I'm going to do four or five costume changes throughout yep. the three-minute song. Wigs. No, <laughs> she, had, she had three brilliant. wigs, one wig cap, and then everyone in the audience had flowers on their heads. Y'all, <laughs> That's so brilliant. Y'all say, she said, you want oh tickets to the show? Gosh. Oh, gosh. And then the Be Amazed, too, with the, mm-hmm. the square. Oh, my God. And then she's, like, walking in and the oh crazy God. eyes and the booing yeah. and stuff. Oh, my God. It's so brilliant. That's what I'm it's, saying. This era was so strange. I was like, chaotic. I'm here for this. I don't know yeah, what it was, exactly. but I was literally like, it's so entertaining. <laughs> it's so entertaining. We don't need to get it, right? And yeah. I feel the same way about the music video. Like, I don't really know what's going on in it either, but I'm entertained. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm my eyes are there. I, like, have no idea what any scene is supposed to mean or anything, but it's very memorable. Like, that black swan. Um, but, I don't know. It's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was... I'm laughing hysterical because I'm thinking about that freaking square she had on her head. Yeah. The crazy eyes is what brings that together, too. Oh, you my God. Have the square and the crazy eyes. It's a conviction. It's a conviction. <laughs> yeah. it's a, the, the VMAs have not been fun since Gaga stopped performing at them. I'm going to be real with you. Beyonce stopped doing them and Gaga. <laughs> I have not had a performance. So I was like, wow, that blew my mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> step it up. Step your cookies up, y'all. All right. Mm. Um, but yeah, what would you rate the song? Uh, I'll give it an 8.5. I kind of want to shoot for 9 because of the the Koons is me. I love that. Love it. <laughs> nice. All right. So we're actually at the end of the album now. And we're at the cut or keep section. So if you had to cut a song off the album, what would you cut? Goodbye, Jules and Judas. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> what about yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. That was on my list too. But okay. If you've taken that one, then I'll do dope. Oh, yeah. Never you know need what? to hear that one again. Yeah. We're doing the fandom a favor. I'm sorry. I do apologize if you do like this song. And if you do like this song, please tell me what kind of value it has. If you have like some type of value to it, like, oh, to save my life or something, I respect that. But if it's just, I like the beat. No, there's better beats. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So if I had to keep a song, I would keep Gypsy for sure. You know, I'm going to, personally for my own, like I said, for my own taste, I cannot lie. I really do like Swine. Depending on who I'm talking to, I'll definitely, I would show that song to someone. Yeah, for sure. I like okay, swine. cool. Yeah, cool. Manicure was the close second for me. Yes. yes. I figured that one for you mm. for a second. All right. So what would you give the album? What would you give it as an overall rating for this album? And what are some of just your overall thoughts looking back almost 10 years? You know, what she was doing beforehand leading up into this and then what she ended up doing after, like she completely was like, screw this. I'm walking away and did a stripped down version of not stripped, stripped down kind of like jazz. Like, you have the capacity for it. Yeah, sure. But why? Mm-hmm. Right after your most, one of your most personal, okay. You know, so I feel like 
with the curve momentum, the, the 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 number one spot was warranted. With the criticism that came with it at the time, I can also understand that as well. I think Drunken Love had come out during this year as well. Um, some other albums had come out that were pop albums. It was true to her. It was more artistic. But in terms of like keeping her momentum up, I can see why people were just like, girl, what ha- girl, girl, mm. girl. Because this was for, for fans who understood the camp, who understood the random conversations and her screaming on stage randomly because she's getting kidnapped by her dancers. That's this album for those fans. Um, so yeah, I think overall though, I like it. So I'd give it like, it's sitting around 7.5, but I'm thinking more toward 8 because I don't dislike it as much as I like it, you know? So I think it's sitting around like 7.58-ish for me. So I'm kind of like in the middle. So sorry for editing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we'll see if it grows on me as I, you know, time goes by. What about you? Yeah, as a rating, I'd probably stick with an 8. I like the album as a whole, as Mm -hmm. a larger concept. I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. But I definitely think there are some songs I don't necessarily love either. So I think as a project, it is interesting. However, yeah. I would never call it the art flop at all. I really enjoyed being a fan at this time, actually. Like she really, you could tell that she really missed the stage. So you could just feel the conviction and how yeah. how much love she was pouring into every single performance at the time. So it was, yeah. it was fun being a fan because she was really pushing the boundaries and really just doing the most, yeah. you know? <laughs> Um, and that that was great as a fan to watch. <laughs> um, again, I do think some of the choices around mm. single choices mm-hmm. and, and things like that maybe weren't the right move. Yeah. And and I, I always appreciated her kind of, you know, sticking the middle finger up at the music industry sometimes. Right. But um, it it just it was just weird timing, as you mentioned. Yeah, uh, I think I think that would work more now for sure. Yeah. Um, people are a bit more open now. Yeah. Um, but again, as a fan, the art pop ball yeah concert yeah was still maybe my favorite gaga tour i've ever been to and i've been mm. to all of them except mm. for the born this way one because it mm-hmm. didn't make it to the east coast mm-hmm. uh and i went to the roseland ballroom closing as well uh and so that was all kind of this era and so i have good memories associated with all of it mm-hmm. um and also i want to shout out alaska thunder beep the drag queen i can't say her actual name uh she did a show called Justice for Art Pop where mm-hmm. she performed the entire album and it was brilliant. Oh. It was so good. I'm so yes. glad I got to see that. So shout out to you. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, you know, we're about to hit the 10th anniversary. I'm curious what she's what Gaga's going to do to celebrate it. Um, you know, she did the deluxe Born This Way with like Kylie covering song and, yeah. and other people covering, redoing remixes and stuff. So curious how she'll embrace it. And of course, we have to mention the long rumored Art Pop 2 Right. Like DJ White Shadow has talked about it quite a few times that they have a lot of material prepped for it. Um, And I think the fans want it as well. I think a lot of the true little monsters do view Art Pop as one of her best eras, if not her best era, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I'm very curious to see how she would embrace this concept now, 10 years on. Yeah, totally. I mean, you have so many artists who are inspired by her, like Ava Max. I mean, if you even listen to what's happening now with like the rave scene, like or even just mm-hmm. what's ha- like a hundred gecks. No offense, you want to talk about noisy? That's them. You know, I'm no offense to them, like at all. It's just she was already doing it. <laughs> you feel me? So yeah, I think this would be fine if she kind of did it. And also, I mean, come on, I can't. I don't have a big enough hole, but I too. <laughs> Would love to have an album that was this free. And I mean, at this point, she has such a good reputation. She can do what the hell she wants to do, like I'm doing right now. If you're not watching currently, you're listening to our podcast. My face is currently through a hole. A la Gaga. Mm-hmm. 
Um, in a tiny square. A tiny square. <laughs> yeah, girl, you already know. <laughs> but yes, that concludes our track by track analysis of the art pop album. Y'all rude. Huh. All right. So little monsters or non little monsters. What do you all think of the album? Let us know what other albums you'd like to hear us review. And you can join us on Patreon to hang out with us. And please comment below. And don't forget to message us at CCTV Pops on all social media because we are there. Right? Or be squared. <laughs> and don't forget to like, subscribe, or turn on your notifications for our YouTube channel. And if you're enjoying the show on a podcast platform, please give us a follow, rating, and a review. Until next time, that's Chris. That's Jan. And we are CCTV. Signing off.